The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Is it possible that when people mysteriously go missing, they go to a magical place that makes the mundane, boring world look super lame? And then we meet a young man who has a serious problem. Because of his fascination with a video game character, he's actually slowly turning into her. Is it possible that using a combination of the law of attraction, sex magic, and artificial intelligence, you too could turn into your favorite fictional character? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to get into, but I do have to announce some things first. First off, this is the last episode until August 16th. Um, I take a break. I do this every single year. I I am going to do some Dead Rabbit Radio classics. We're going to bring those back. I don't know if we're going to have five of those, one week or two weeks of Dead Rabbit Radio classics. We'll see how many I can record before I leave. But after that, we'll do the normal reruns. New episodes, though, will start August 16th. I'll be back. And I hope you guys join me, too. I, I really would like to get some Dead Rabbit Radio classics out. Those, If you're new to the show, that's where I kind of give a behind-the-scenes look at different episodes. It's like a director's commentary. I have a lot of fun doing them. It's just a matter of finding the right episodes to talk about. And what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. I am getting over the flu for those of you who have been concerned with the quality of the past couple episodes. I'm feeling better. And someone who always makes me feel better Jumping into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters, a longtime supporter of the show, and a video game character himself. Everyone give it up for Mario. Oh, I forgot. Nintendo super, super uh, all about the copyright, so we'll just clap. Yay, Mario! Woohoo! Get that flower! Woohoo! I don't know if they've copyrighted that sound. Woohoo! Um, but they're probably, probably those three notes I did of Mario's theme is enough to get me sued. Mario, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. I truly, honestly, really do. But the way you can help out the show is to talk about it. Spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. It really, really does. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Mario, I'm, you know, I'm going to want to sing that song every time we say your name. And I'm sure he's tired of it. Honestly, this isn't the real Mario. This isn't the Mario of the Mario Brothers. He's just a guy named Mario. I'm sure he hears these comments all the time. But also before we get started, let's take a look at this amazing, spooky piece of fan art for Fan Art Friday. This is from Glass Rombe, also known as at LuckyWolf611 on Twitter. A very, very spooky interpretation of the Dead Rabbit Radio logo. I love it. I love it. It's very... Look at that eye. It's kind of creeping me out. Just It's, all, it's basically my entire monitor right here. Glass Rombe, thank you so much for sending that in. Really, really appreciate all of the fan art submissions that we get. 
Mario, let's go ahead and get this party started. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out to Ghana. Nice leisurely flight over the Atlantic Ocean. We all got a tasty beverage in our hand. Because it's going to be a hot, hot day out here in Ghana. We're headed back to summer, summertime of 1998. We're near the town of Accra, Ghana. It's an afternoon, and we're walking around. We, we're drinking, yum, 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 drinking them up. Mario's looking for mushrooms like he always does. He's looking for the magical mushrooms to trip balls on. The rest of us, you know, we're not, we're not hardcore drug addicts. We're just kind of walking around. And we see a group of kids. We see a group of kids working out in the field collecting fruit. Which is weird, because I always thought fruit grew on trees. But maybe it's like a special Ghana fruit that they're picking. Or tomatoes. Tomatoes are fruits. Anyways, these kids are like, oh no, we're supposed to bring back apples. There's no apples here. This is all just corn and soybeans. And they're like, their parents are going to be really mad if we don't bring back fruit. They're on a fruit mission in Accra. And one of these kids, his name is Kwane Afram. Kwane is one of these kids. He's a 13-year-old boy. He's out there with a basket, and he's filling it full of fruit. He's not for sure. He's just grabbing anything that's growing and throwing it in. Dude, look at all these mushrooms I found. Throwing them into this big bucket. Now it's time to head home. Job is done, and all the kids are like, all right, let's, let's blow this joint. Let's get out of here. And they start leaving the fruit field. And Kwane goes, you know what? I'm super fat. He's been eating those mushrooms. He's been eating those mushrooms. He's throwing fireballs everywhere. They're like, ah. Kwane's kind of running ahead of the pack of the group of kids. And there's like this bend in the trail. And he kind of ducks behind the bend. The kids are lagging behind, right? They're not trying to run. They're, they've just been working the field the whole day. Kwane has some energy on him. Ate that mango. So they get home. And they're, like, unloading their stuff. And the parents are like, these are fruits, you moron. I mean, it's cool. And we got corn. We got corn. And grapes, apparently. Is grape a fruit? Maybe. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Where's Kwane? Where's Kwane? And the kids are like, well, he ran ahead in front of us. Like, he should have been back by now. And people are like, no, Kwane's not here. And the parents are like, where's Kwane? Where's our son? We need to... Find them. I mean, that's, that's the least you're supposed to do as a parent. And you're like, if my kid goes missing, I'm supposed to find them. Um, I saw that in the parental handbook we're all given. So the parents start looking around for him. And then other people in the town are like, yeah, we should probably start looking for this little missing kid as well. 13 years old, lost somewhere in Ghana. So they start looking around. They're pouring over the whole area. No trace of the guy. The parents consulted a local witch doctor. Or more specifically, a a fetish priest. As a fetish priest is someone who specializes in communicating with the spirit realm. It's not some creepy sex thing. It's not some super creepy sex thing. You walk into the fetish priest's house and you're like, hey, notice there's a lot of, a lot of photos of women's feet all on the walls. You're like, hey, is this for a spell? Is this for a spell or something? Oh, no, 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 no. This is a... This is my fetish, is uh, women's feet. Um, but uh, why don't you guys uh, come and take a seat here? <laughs> take your shoes off, ma'am. <laughs> That's a part of my ritual. Mother of Kwane, you have to come into my house barefoot. Um, what's going on? And they go, hey, fetish priest, so 
Our son's missing, and everyone's tried looking for him, and the authorities tried looking for him, we can't find him anywhere. And the fetish priest goes, ah, yes, yes. I've heard about that. <laughs> I've heard about that search. I, myself, was too busy uh, taking photos of women's feet while they were searching for your son. They're like, what? Yeah, I have trail cams. <laughs> I have trail cams set up everywhere at foot level. Well, you could have helped us find our son. Well, anyways, now I will help you find your son. I will consult with the spirit realm, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I find out. Eventually, the fetish priest goes, don't worry, guys. I actually got word back from the spirit realm. Um, turns out that he will return within four days. You can keep looking for him. You can keep looking for him. Um, but no matter what you do, he'll be back in four days. So the parents are like, now, if you got that information from the one hand, it's from a respected spiritual advisor in your community. On the other hand, I would probably keep searching. I'd probably go, wow, it's going to be kind of hard to explain. If Kwane reappears, we're sitting at home doing a jigsaw puzzle. He's like, why weren't you guys looking for me? They're like, well, we looked for you for a couple days, but uh, uh, then the uh, fetish priest told us that uh, you were okay. So we decided to break out this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle of women's feet. Apparently, I have now developed that fetish myself, son. Well, sure enough, four days after the fetish priest says, don't worry about it, he'll be back in four days. Four days later, Kwane walks into town. People are like, what? Where were you? Where are you? Like, let, let me sit down first. Okay. Let me sit down. I'll tell you guys all about what happened. But I want a nice tall glass of lemonade. Oh, give, me, give me a couple minutes because this story's bonkers, guys. Just back off. So eventually, Kwane does get comfortable. He's sitting in his house. He wants to put his feet up. <laughs> but the fetish priest is there. He's like, ah, okay, I'll just leave my shoes on. Drinking a tall glass of lemonade, he goes, you won't believe what happened to me. Like, literally, it's unbelievable. It's paranormal. It'll be talked about on a paranormal podcast 30 years from now. So I was walking with those kids. We were coming out of the fruit fields. And I thought it'd be fun to get home first. I don't know why. Probably should have stayed with the pack. Probably should have stayed. Safety numbers, right? I ran. And I turned the corner. And all of a sudden, these three big dudes were standing there. They weren't human. He describes them as humanoids. Which is always a catch-all phrase for, it looks human, but there's something enough about them that's off that you can't say, oh, it was three dudes that came around the corner and there was just three big dudes. Three massive humanoids is how they were described. And they scared him, obviously. He didn't expect to see three giants in the middle of this field. So he took off into the nearby forest. You're like, Jason, that's probably where they were grabbing the fruit from. What are you talking about? This whole time I imagined like a wheat field. Well, yeah, maybe. But it never... Anyways, <laughs> you're like, Jason, damn it. He's running through the forest. He's like, wow, a forest with no fruit. Most forests don't have fruit, right? Most, like an apple forest, there's no such thing. Unless you're like in the Wizard of Oz. Anyways, that's where this kid's head is. <laughs> a bit of a spoiler alert. He sees these three humanoids. He runs off the trail into the forest. And he's terrified. He doesn't know what these entities have in store for him. But it's probably not good. 
It's probably probably pretty bad, actually. Right? Giant humanoids appearing out of nowhere. He's running through the forest and he's trying to hide from these things, but eventually one of them catches up to him and carries him off. And Kwane's sitting in the house. He's taking a big long gulp of lemonade, and he goes, That's not that that was the first ten minutes. That was the first ten minutes of a multi-day adventure that I was on. Quote unquote adventure. He goes, the humanoids, the giant humanoids, took me back to a village. There's no village you can find on a map, so don't go looking for it. Trust me, you don't you don't want to. You don't want to. It wasn't even a village of giant humanoids. Like that, I guess that would be kind of interesting, right? If I was the smallest person. In a in a village of giants, then I would probably assuming they assuming they didn't eat me, assuming they didn't eat me right away, I'd probably be maybe locked in a cage. I'd be an oddity. But no, it wasn't even that. The giants took me to a village of elves. <laughs> At this point, you have to imagine the parents are like, "Kwane, we're glad that you're back and all. Can you stop lying?" He's like, "No, no, 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 elves, elves. They took me." To a village of tiny elf people. And because I was the biggest person there. I mean the humanoids just dropped him off and took off. He was just there with these elves. These elf sized people. And because I was the tallest one there. I became a domestic servant. I had to wait on them hand and foot. The fetish priest was like what? Where's this village at? He's like no 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 not literally. Well kind of. I did, I did, I did clean their toenails out once or twice, but I had to wait on them hand and foot. I was a butler. I, they turned me into a butler in this elf village and they wouldn't let me go. And I had to walk around and do chores for them. I had to, I don't know if he had a little suit. That'd be hilarious, right? They dressed him up in a little elf suit with little bells on his shoes. He's walking around, and they're like, Kwane, Kwane, more gravy for my mashed potatoes, please. And he's like, oh, man. So then he has to make the gravy. He's like, oh, great. He has to go out and kill a turkey and rend its fat. And he's like, I don't know how to do this. He It doesn't specifically say what he did. It was just that he was their domestic servant. So I'm imagining, I'm imagining cooking and cleaning, maybe a, a little light sewing, dusting, Sweeping, vacuuming, we don't know what level of technology they have. <laughs> they have slaves, it can't be that high of a level of technology. But anyways, Kwane, for four days, he was sitting in this elf village until just one day they let me go. And I found this story on thinkaboutitdocs.com. They got it from a journal called Anno Saro, the July 1999 issue. Super interesting story, when I read it, I thought, like, yeah, listen, being a slave to elves isn't the coolest thing in the world. But you know, actually, no, it is. Think about what you are doing right now for work. You might be working in a factory. <laughs> Both your headphones in, you're listening to this podcast. You're like, oh, Jason, so funny as a wave of molten lead is pouring towards you. Ah. You could be working in a factory. You could be working in an office building. You could be working anywhere in the world. But... Ask yourself this. Would I rather be doing this job <laughs> making 80 grand a year? You're like, I don't know. This job is pretty good. I'm the owner of the company and uh, everything seems to be going good. But wouldn't you rather work for elves? 
Like, sure, you have to, like, wash elf dishes, but they're so tiny. It'd be super easy to do. And any chore they had you do, they're like, can you sweep my house? And you just grab the broom and you just go, whoop. You're like, there you go. It's all done. It's super tiny. It's like one sweep and it's not dirty no more. I think it would be cool, maybe, you know, for a couple days, months, maybe, if your job isn't that great. Or even if it is a great job. Even if you love work, wouldn't you also love working for elves? Just for a little bit. And so I thought about it and I go, what if, I mean, not all, you couldn't say like all missing kids. <laughs> Jason, please don't, don't go where I think you're going to go. I'm not going to say that every child who goes missing is a slave to an elf kingdom. But think about how that would put your mind at ease. One day you come home and the babysitter is crying and you're like, what's wrong, honey? And, and she's like, oh my God, you won't believe what happened. I walked into your daughter's bedroom and she was gone. And then the parents like, no, no. And then you start running around and you look and they're like broken window and your daughter's gone. No. So you run and you call the police and the police are like, woo, woo, woo. And helicopters flying overhead looking for your lost daughter. You could. <laughs> it's possible. Once you go, you know, it's been a couple days since she's gone missing and my heart's broken. I lost someone that I loved so dearly, but maybe she's, <laughs> she's a slave to the elf kingdom. Like, wouldn't it put you, you would put a little bit of peace in your heart. Because you could be imagining the worst, right? You could be imagining the worst possible scenario. But think about it. What if, in the back of your mind, you go, <laughs> the cops are like, okay, we got a ransom note. And one of her fingers, we got this, and you're like, oh, the elf kingdom. She must be having so much fun. We've matched the DNA. It does match your daughter. Hmm, I wonder whose house she's sweeping now. Maybe she's falling in love with a prince. The cops are like, okay, we got the money. We're going to do the drop. This is a photograph of who the kidnappers are. And you're like, oh, I wonder if I'll be invited to the wedding. What dress will I be able to wear? Will I have to wear a tiny elf dress? You put your mind at ease. I mean, some people may just say you've gone insane. You obviously can't look at the reality, the horrific reality in front of you and I, w I won't say that every missing kid goes to an elf kingdom but maybe a couple of them do maybe a couple of them are in a better place i know like not like they're dead but they're like hanging out with elves i don't know it, it's possible right anything <laughs> that's always my out i just go it's possible it's paranormal podcast anything's possible Mario, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind Ghana. Make sure everyone's on board. Make sure no one got kidnapped and turned into an elf slave. Make sure everyone has their shoes on. That fetish priest is getting a little randy as he saw us climbing on board, trying to take our shoes off. We're leaving behind Ghana. Fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. <laughs> You know, I'm one of those 46-year-old dudes who knows the limit of my hipness. Like, I keep up with modern slang, but I don't use it unironically. 
because it sounds ridiculous. I'll use words that I grew up with like rad, tubular, shafted, faced. I don't use this last two very much. Moated. I use words that I grew up with, obviously, and then you hear new stuff. For real, for real, no cap. What's a new one? Zinger or ziz? Riz, riz. All that stuff, right? I, I'm aware of those words. I don't use them in normal conversation unless I'm making fun of them, right? I'm making fun of them, or I'm making fun of myself. I'm I'm not the most savvy guy on the new terms, but, you know... So when I was looking at this story, we're going to take a look at the story of this guy named Blake. And Blake has an interesting origin story for what we're about to get into. This may or may not be safe for work. I, I Again, like I've, I've come across this word before and I don't think I knew what it was. So Blake, he didn't give his real name. He posted this online. Blake is into something called a futa. So I looked it up. Um, it's not the Federal Unemployment Tax Act, unless he's really into math. A, fu- a futa or is a short term for something called a futanari. It's a term. I'm going to just read the exact definition on this one. I have looked it up. It's a term for a person, predominantly female in looks, with working sets of both male and female genitalia. So it's like a fetish thing. I guess it appears in a lot of anime. A futa. Blake finds out that futas are a thing and starts to dig into the subculture. Then got into watching transgendered porn. And Blake self-confesses that he is known in uh, the community as a chaser. So like in the chubby fetish, you have the chubbies. (laughs) You have the people who are overweight five, six, seven hundred pounds. And then you have chubby chasers. And they're the ones who want to have sex with a 700 pound woman, which you're in luck. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them nowadays. It's a very boom time for the chubby chasing community. You have chubby chasers. So Blake goes, I chase transgender women. Like that's who I like to date. And I'm very open about it. He goes, even my friends at this point, they all know. I like to have sex with transgender girls. So I hit him up on Tinder and Grinder and all of these things. I'm constantly hooking up with transgender girls. So now Blake is at a very weird crossroad in his life because while he's doing all of that stuff, he fell in love with a video game character named Bridget. From a game called Guilty Gear. I guess it's like a fighting game. I guess it's like, you know, like Street Fighter or something like that. Anyways, uh, Bridget is a transgender girl in this video game. And Blake becomes obsessed. And, and, and here's the thing, like even more than just obsessed. Like I think everyone in life has their fictional girlfriend. Everyone when they're a kid, they some people got into Gadget from Rescue Rangers. We did a whole episode on that. And the great twist ending to the gadget fetish. Remember Rescue Rangers? You had that mouse, that female mouse named Gadget. You had a bunch of dudes who were into her back in the day. And they have created entire communities based around Gadget. Gadget Ratchet or something like that? Ratchet Gadget? Whatever. Then they did that Rescue Rangers movie recently on Disney+. And it turns out that Gadget ended up hooking up with the flies or Mosquito, whatever he was, named Skeeter. 
And she had a bunch of baby maggots. <laughs> he gave birth to a bunch of maggots. He has a bunch of fly babies. And that really uh, pissed off the gadget hack wrench community or whatever they were. Anyways, he becomes so obsessed with Bridget that he begins to masturbate thinking about her. That's all he ever does. <laughs> he actually has a job. He does other things. It's not like sitting at home. Everything, there's stalactites coming off of his roof. He's just sitting in this calcified room. And he's like, another day, another time to masturbate to my girlfriend. No, he does other stuff. He does have a social circle. He does have a job. But when he does masturbate, he thinks about this video game character named Bridget. He can't stop. And then... He takes it to the next step. So when he is hooking up with somebody from Tinder or Grinder, he projects a 3D hologram of Bridget on top of them while he's having sex. And before you ask, it's not an actual hologram. <laughs> like, wow, where do I get this? Is this on Wish.com? A 3D hologram projector? No, he just imagines in his head... But see, even then, right? Like, everyone, when they're having sex with someone, eventually you're going to think about somebody else. That's just what we do. It's not necessarily a fictional person, but it, there's actually studies done on this. It's like a high percentage of women. It's like 70, 80% of women fantasize about somebody else while you're having sex with them. So, it, <laughs> wow, Jason. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. They've done studies on that. They don't do it all the time. But they do do it. They will think about somebody else and they will think about somebody else while they're having sex with you. But what was I talking about? <laughs> You're like, oh, I got to pause the podcast to figure this out. You're like, honey, uh, we need to talk about something. Um, it's one thing to imagine someone else while you're having sex with someone. It's another one to create a 3D matrix around them, basically to blur out their physical details and replace them with that of a video game. <laughs> video game character. It's all glitching. You're all hitting the side of it. It's trying to make the machine tilt. So that's an old reference, right? Kids are like, what are you talking about? You never hit an Xbox uh, tilt. Boomer. He begins to project this 3D matrix on top of these girls that he's having sex with. Then he begins to read fan fiction about Bridget. Which I don't think it's like... I don't think it has a plot. I think it's just erotica, right? He's spending his time reading fan fiction. Maybe, maybe he actually is interested in the plot, but he's reading Bridget fan fiction. He's masturbating, thinking about Bridget. He's having sex and thinking about Bridget on top of them. Like Again, not just daydreaming it. He's imagining they are now Bridget, 100%. And then... Found a chatbot themed around Bridget as a character. Now, here's the thing: I found this story on the X board, and we're not done. But I do have to take, I do have to make an aside here. Obviously, when you find stuff anonymously online, you never can tell whether or not it's true. This is the point where I said, "Hmm, I wonder if this is real." But then I remembered <laughs> the internet's full of perverts, and someone probably has created a chatbot based on a video game character. So when you're talking to it, it's like, hello? And it's like, it's -a me, a Mario. And you're like, Mario, you're my favorite. Ah, yes, and my favorite's a lasagna. <laughs> Not Garfield. Oh, yes, it's -a me, a Mario. I love to eat the mushrooms. And then you type in Mario. 
Can I see your feet? Uh, uh, wowzer! Yes, I'm also a huge foot fetish person. That's why Princess Toadstool never wears shoes or whatever. I don't know, maybe she does. The point is, is that I'm sure if I looked hard enough, and I'm not, there is a chat-themed Mario sex AI where you can have dirty conversations <laughs> with a tiny little pixelated guy. Oh, Mamma Mia! I have an incest fetish. So anyways, you have... It's possible that he's making it up, and this was the point where it should be a clue that there is no... It's totally made up. There is no chat bot made after this video game character, but it's also very likely that there is. Starts using this chat bot... And now has real-time conversation with what he pretends is Bridget. And slowly he's convincing himself that it is Bridget. Because he's starting to slip up. At one point, Blake was at home. And his parents asked him if he had a girlfriend. And he said, yeah, Bridget. And he realized, oh my god, Bridget's not real. They ask literally any follow-ups. They're like, oh, what does she do for a living? He goes, oh, she beats up people. She fights. And if she loses, um, she gets all bandaged up. But then apparently she's ready to fight again. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she travels the world fighting people in gear, making them feel guilty. He begins to use this chatbot all the time on top of everything else that he's doing. And then ends up basically... Not needing the chatbot any longer. He begins to, while he's at work, someone works next to this guy. <laughs> if you find yourself working next to this guy, you may be thinking, uh, maybe that whole being kidnapped by elves thing is, is a benefit. Blake says, I do this so often. He goes, quote, I've texted it. That's the chat AI Bridget bot. I've texted it enough that I basically have the neural... I basically have the neural network downloaded onto my flesh hard drive. Now, she's a full-blown tulpa. Unquote. That's really what we're getting at here. We've talked about tulpas in the past. Put those episodes in the show notes. Tulpa is basically a thought form that theoretically you can create with enough concentration and time you can create a living thought form that you can see in your real world. And some people think like a lot of the cryptids that people see are actually tulpas in a way. It's people believing that there's a monster in the woods. And if everyone in town believes there's a monster in the woods, then they will create a thought form of a monster in the woods. That there, There's pretty good, it's a pretty good theory. And there's probably a little bit of evidence to back that up. It's the law of attraction and a group mentality looking at an unknown and creating this tulpa. And he goes, I've created a tulpa, but he's actually gone about it in a weird and ultimately fatal way. Because he said that, you know, now I have it on my flesh hard drive, which that's a fantastic album name. Flesh hard drive. That he's created a tulpa, but instead of like most people will create a tulpa that they can interact with, it'll be standing next to them when they come home and sitting on the couch being like, hey, how was your day? Stuff like that. But he, because he that wasn't his original intent, 
He was going about, and this is what happens when you mess with magic, and you mess with magic in a sloppy way. It backfires. It's the same thing if you don't know anything about cars and you decide to rebuild your engine. You're probably going to blow yourself up. You're probably going to hurt yourself pretty badly, or at least make it so the car doesn't work anymore. Bridget, what happens is Bridget slowly but surely is taking over Blake's body. He goes, it's not for long periods of time, but I know when it happens. From what he kind of, I don't know if he 100% blacks out or if he's kind of in the passenger seat in the car of his own body. But he goes, what Bridget has started doing, not me, but Bridget, because he's created this AI thought form. He's using all this sex magic. He's spending so much time focused on her, first trying to create her as a, really it was just a masturbatory aid in the beginning. Then he began to flesh her out in so many different ways. Now she's taking over his body. He said, I will find that she will dress up in skirts and thigh highs. So that's what he's wearing. And I don't know if he is blacking out and then waking up and he's like, what? Wearing this skirt and these thigh highs. Or if, which both of these would be creepy, right? If you lost consciousness and the next thing you know, you were surrounded by sex toys because that's the other thing she's doing. Bridget, using his body, is buying sex toys and using them. Um, You could either black out and then find yourself in a compromising situation. It's knocking on the door or feeling like you're just in the passenger seat of your car. Which was the creepy thing, like, Get Out wasn't my favorite movie. I didn't like the way that it ended with the security guard saving the day, the comic relief. I didn't like in that movie. But the whole idea of the, what was the place called? Like, the underneath or the uh, the below? The sunken place. The idea of sitting in the back of your brain watching someone else control your body. It was a very, very creepy idea. And cre- they did it, the visual was really good in Get Out. Cut out all that comedy stuff. I didn't need any of that comedy stuff. Otherwise, it was a very, very good horror movie. But um, it's like that. You're kind of in the back of your brain and you're fully conscious, but you're watching somebody do things with your body. Whether or not you want them or not is irrelevant. Maybe I do want to go for a ride and eat some delicious ice cream, but imagine being a prisoner in that body as it was doing those things and you have no control over it. Blake is finding out that Bridget using his body is dressing up like a woman, buying sex toys that a woman would use, and using them, um, (laughs) putting it as as gracefully as I can. And one time, he goes, I met this transgender girl on Grindr, and we hooked up. And then afterwards, we sat and talked for hours about total nonsense. And I realized that Bridget had taken over halfway through the night. And I think that's why, I think that's why he is kind of in the backseat. Because he was aware that he was talking to this girl as Bridget. Talking about, he's like, it was the most dumb stuff. And we still talk. I'm still in communication with that girl. And when I talk to her, I, I talk to her like I'm Bridget. So he's completely lost control. And again, I think at the beginning, he just wanted to jerk off to this girl that he thought was a hot video game character. And now 
he's stuck. And he ends this post with this. Now, Bridget is starting HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy. Now, Bridget is starting HRT, and I don't know what to do. She ordered it on some website and hides it from me before I take back over. That's creepy, actually. I've, I've, I've read this a couple times. I think that's the first time that really popped, really popped for me. She ordered it on some website and hides it from me before I take back over. So that does show a lot, there's a competition for this brain. And I do think he's watching what's happening because that way he would see where she had it. But like as some mechanism, who knows? It's creepy, right? He could be blacking out. We don't know. She, but there's definitely a, Bridget knows that it wants this body. Bridget wants to be real in our world. And so it's actively stopping Blake from stopping her. Now Bridget is starting hormone replacement therapy and I don't know what to do. She ordered it on some website and hides it from me before I take back over. Do I mentally disassociate and watch her transform my body? Do I kill myself? I can't bring myself to kill her. That's really creepy. Because the... The Tulpa transformation is so close to being complete. Think about what Blake says there. Do I mentally disassociate and watch her transform my body? So basically, shut down. Bambi sleeps in a way. That old episode we did a long time ago about the hypnosis videos to turn men into sissies. Bambi sleeps. It was the same thing. It wasn't about shutting your brain off. It was removing control. Part of the fantasy was still being aware of what was happening to your body, but not being able to stop it. You're now a sissy for life. Put that episode in the show notes. That is one of the episodes, though, that I do recommend. I don't. It's not labeled as a cursed episode, but there there's brainwashing material in that. So, anyways, um, do I mentally disassociate and transform my body? So basically, let Bridget take over. Or do I kill myself because I can't bring myself to kill her? That's super, like, the level of control there, right? Either she wins or both of us die. But I can't imagine wresting back control of my body from her and her fading into nothingness because then I have to live with the fact that I destroyed the one woman I truly love, a video game character I brought into the real world. And while this story didn't end well for Blake, well, we don't know, right? I mean, so it's still going on. Hopefully Blake hasn't shot himself. Hopefully he's, hopefully he's figured out another way to regain control. You have to ask yourself the question, could you do the same thing with positive results? And so, so let's think about it this way. And you know what's so funny is like, when I read this, this is obviously in a super extreme example, but I, I think people do do this accidentally with not such um, loss of control. Imagine this. Imagine you want to be like a hotshot businessman and you go, I'm going to start dressing like him. I've seen people do this online. I'm sure a lot of it's a meme, but I'm sure a couple of people have taken it seriously. The driver from the movie Drive. They'll wear the scorpion jacket and they'll drive around real slow. 
at night, you're like honk, honk, honk in your horn. You just hear a human being playing from the car in front of you. You know what? I'm kind of not a cool dude, you think to yourself. But you know who was really cool? Was Driver from Drive. He was so cool, he didn't have a name. And my favorite part is when he stomped on that man's head in the elevator till it turned to paste. I want to be Driver. So at first, you would start to, like, emulate him in small ways. First off, you just try stepping on a kid's head, and you're like, wow, this is far more work than I thought it would be. It looks so easy in the movie. I'm going to work my way up to an adult male someday, but punch, punch, punch with your foot. <laughs> forget, forget the horrific violence. That's not what you're looking for. You just want to be a cool dude like Driver from Drive. So so you start to emulate him. I think a lot of us do this just instinctively. We just will see a really cool character on screen. We're like, oh, Jason Voorhees. Oh, that's an affable chap. He always seems to be hanging out with the coolest kids at the campground. You want to be just like him. And you start to adapt the mannerisms of fictional characters we see in a way that can help us gain confidence (laughs) or murder people randomly. It can help us get past those blocks we have. Let's say you really wanted to be a groovy cat, so you watch Saturday Night Fever and you're like dancing down the street. Now, obviously, when people look at you, they're going to be like, oh, why is that guy dancing down the street? It's so ridiculous. But... Eventually, here's my thing, can you project an image on yourself so much so that eventually people go, wow, that guy sure is cool. <laughs> He's all dancing down the street as he's stepping on human heads in elevators. They're like, what? Dude, you, you got, I think you got these two movies confused. That guy sure is cool because you're projecting this image upon yourself and in a way that image is leaking out into the world i think that you can't i think a lot of us do this we don't even think about it what blake did was take it to the next level so imagine if you did want to be scorpion jack from the movie drive and you're picturing yourself as drive as cool as that guy was driving in his car and stomping on heads and then you start to do the sex magic part of it where you, I don't know how you would do that part. <laughs> I don't know how you do that part. I don't know if you would imagine. I think you would imagine when you're having sex with somebody, you imagine them as Ryan Gosling. You imagine, because that's what this guy did. Blake had to imagine Bridget. That's a, it, that it was sex magic. Like, again, this is something you don't mess with unless you really know what it is. And people do it instinctively. I mean, people do it not knowing that's what they're doing, but you're performing the sex magic. So you're... Having sex, but you're imagining your partner is Ryan Gosling. (laughs) It's Ryan Gosling from Drive. Just a blank look on their face the whole time. They're wearing that old man, that rubber old man mask. Like, Jason, none of this makes sense. If you've never seen the movie Drive. But there's a lot of people who really like Scorpion Jack from Drive. Because he is so stoic. And yet women swoon over him. And he does have a way with a ball bean hammer. He's pretty violent man but you know you i can see people being attracted to that what you add that sex magic part onto it so you're having sex with people but you're imagining they're ryan gosling 
And then you just keep doing this. Now, here's the thing. Eventually, I think if you did this long enough, it might confuse you a bit. Your sexuality might be a little bit in question. You're like, what is interesting that I'm picking up these girls from bars, but I'm thinking about Ryan Gosling the whole time. I'm going to have to answer that question someday. But for now, I'm going to keep doing this sex magic ritual. I do think that you actually could. And I think that this Blake is saying that Bridget is taking the hormone replacement therapy and dressing up. But I think those are kind of unnecessary steps. I This might sound weird, but I think if you believed enough that you were Scorpion Jack from Drive and you begin to work this sex magic and begin to work this law of assumption and begin to do all of this stuff, eventually people would perceive you as the driver from Drive. Even though you don't look anything like him. I think that's one of the weird quirks in reality that if you truly believed that you were driver from drive day in and day out, every single day, never doubted it for a moment along with these other tools, I think that people would just perceive you as that character. Same thing. I think if Blake just focused on this, the hormone replacement therapy is, is secondary to that. The fact is, is that people would begin to view Blake as Bridget. Because reality would get warped to such a point that you wouldn't know what was what. What's really interesting, if Bridget takes hormone replacement therapy, begins to dress and present as a woman, Blake as a woman in public, people will see that change, obviously. But if Blake just did everything else, not only do I think people would perceive Blake as Bridget over a long enough time period, they would also forget Blake ever existed. Because you can warp reality to that level. Now, that, that's high. Listen, if, if, I, if you think I kind of lost the plot on that one, that is like very, very high level law of attraction, law of assumption type of things. Basically, law of attraction is you changing something about your life where you're saying, I don't have any money problems. Money flows to me freely. I have no money problems. I am always rich. Do the same thing with weight loss. You can do the same thing with pretty much anything. Really. But a lot of times it's how you perceive yourself. But the law of assumption, the law of attraction, those two are used interchangeably nowadays. You can use it to warp reality to the point that other people will perceive you as that as well. So could you think of your favorite fictional character? I mean, I guess she doesn't have to be fictional, right? <laughs> One day you're walking down the stairs and everyone's like, oh, yeah, there you are. Get ready for school. <laughs> Good old Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> everyone thanks your Abraham Lincoln. You're like, yeah, it took a lot. It took, <laughs> it took a lot for everyone to for me to convince everyone I'm Abraham Lincoln. A lot of sex. <laughs> had a lot of sex. And a lot of people looked like Abraham Lincoln while I was having sex with them. But it worked. Now everyone believes I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you're walking down the stairs. You keep hitting your head with your giant hat. And you're like, hey, everybody, it's good old me, Abraham Lincoln. Look, I'm on that money. Can I, I need those pictures. Those pictures of me. I lost them. Give me all those money. Walking down the street, someone blows your brains out. <laughs> you got to ride or die, right? If you're part of the illusion, you got to figure how it ends as well. Could you do that? I mean, I, I think yes. I think to be able to convince other people to perceive you as something other than what you are, it, that would take more. That would take a ton more effort than to say, I'm rich. 
I'm rich and I have money and money flows to me freely. I have no money problems. Everything I want, I own. Those are pretty basic law of attraction mantras. <laughs> I've never read The Secret where they're like, you could also be Abraham Lincoln or Driver from Drive. People are like, what? The, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's a movie that's coming out a couple decades from now. But I, I mean, if you could do it, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, you're running super fast everywhere. We were like, what? I mean, I, maybe there is a limit, but I don't, I, I mean, why would there be a limit? If Blake's, you're like, Jason, you just told us a terrifying story about a man who's losing control of his body. And then you go, well, maybe you can make it work for you. I think he didn't know what he was getting into. That's where the story of Blake is. If you're going to do this stuff, you... And, and most people don't think, man, if I sit around and think about this person all day long while I'm masturbating, and then when I'm having sex with other people, imagine that same person. They're not thinking like that is actual sex magic. That's beyond just, you know, getting a little bit of relief. That's a, a different than, you know, dating promiscuously. You're actually... That's, that's sex magic. That's 100% sex magic you got to be careful what you fantasize about because it you may make it come true and it may not be something that you want, right? One thing to think about this girl from time to time, fictional or not, who cares if you're masturbating to a fictional person, a real person, I don't care about that. But that's all he did. That's all he focused on. And then when he was having sex in real life, he was still thinking about her and he's just kind of going through these things. He's creating not just a tulpa, but... I mean, like, it, one that is bred out of one of the basis natures of man, and that's to procreate, or really just have sexual satisfaction. Fascinating story. You can go about it the right way. You, too, could be driver from Drive, the famous scorpion Jack. Driving around slow through town, looking for a to step on. There you go. Looks great. You see an elevator store. You're like, oh, I didn't know those existed. They have different models of elevators. All sorts of fancy places where I can squish people's heads with my boots. You could do good stuff. That's not... I want to be good stuff, but maybe you could self-improvement, right? You want to be Gordon Gecko. Maybe you, maybe you want to be Popeye the Sailor, man. I'm not I'm not here to judge. Maybe you want to be an old 1940s cartoon. Maybe. Maybe you want to be Felix the Cat. I don't know. But my point is that you could do it. I think that you could do it, but you have to understand. You may go, hey, man, I've always wanted to be Felix the Cat. No one's ever said that. I'm probably the only person who's ever said that in my life. I want to be Felix the Cat. And that may be something that you think you want, but I'm telling you, after you pick up some girl from the bar and take her back home to your place and you're realizing you're banging Felix the Cat... You might kind of want to reconsider it. Maybe you don't want to be Felix and have a bag of tricks. What did he have? Like a medical bag he pulled hammers out of or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe you want to be Felix. Maybe you want to be Driver. Maybe you want to be Abraham Lincoln. You can do it. But you just have to remember that this is... <laughs> what, are you talking? what do you mean have to remember? I never even thought this was possible. Now you're acting like, oh, yeah. Remember in middle school when they told you, be careful what you wish for, you might be a Smurf. <laughs> what? Kidnapping kids. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to work in our Smurf village. Is it possible? I think so. It would take a lot of time and a lot of psychic energy. And the more you wanted it in your reality, like creating a tulpa is already hard enough, but now you're creating a tulpa that other people can see and can interact with. And 
Fascinating story. I just found this super fascinating. Someone who starts messing with magic and not knowing what it was. It was a fling. It was supposed to be this fun summer where Blake would imagine himself having sex with Bridget. And now Blake is becoming Bridget. There is a very thin line between the real world and the world of the paranormal. And a lot of people don't realize just how thin that line really is. Really, the line almost doesn't exist. It's so easy to invite these forces into our life. It is so easy to accidentally do that. And that is what Blake has done. Can you successfully become your favorite fictional character? Maybe. But before you decide to become Richie Rich or George Jetson, you're like, how old are you? Oh, Ash, Ash Ketchum, right? Pikachu man guy. Before you decide to become a famous character, think. Think about this very carefully. How many times do you <laughs> sex with Slimer from Ghostbusters? How many times could you honestly have sex with your favorite fictional character? Because that might be the threshold. You might have to find yourself every night for a year walking into the bedroom and seeing Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Duck spread <laughs> Donald Duck spread eagle on your bed. You've always wanted to live a life like the DuckTales. But as you see Donald Duck look over at you and go, what time to have sex? <laughs> you really might want to reconsider. I don't know. Maybe you're into that. Maybe what's the feathery version of a furry? Maybe you're a flocky. I don't know. But just be careful what you wish for. You may soon eventually find yourself showing up to work. Three feet tall. <laughs> no pants. You walk in and you go, hey boss, it's time for my job. <laughs> and your boss doesn't even remember the real you. He just remembers good old Donald Duck working here at the Acme Explosives Factory. All of a sudden you're in Toontown. You warp reality so much everyone's been dragged into your sick world of flockies. You're walking around building bombs and going, this is a wonderful life for all of us. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.